It's March 29th, 2024, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects, be geeky as we want to be. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Thank you once again for joining us. We have a special podcast today because we actually have not one guest, but two. So this is going to be kind of fun. Matthew stumbled across an article about charging electrical vehicles while driving. And we thought this would be something really interesting to talk about because so many people are moving to electric vehicles. Um, you know, I'd be happy if I could just get my, my phone to fully charge when I'm driving, but but if I can get the car to do it, that's great too. So what we thought we would do is we'd reach out to a couple of the people that were in the article and see what they could share with us. And so today we have Dr. Stefan Tonger with a company called Electrion. And we also have Michelle Mueller with the Michigan Department of Transportation. So this is really a joint venture, I suppose, between MDOT and Electrion to to see how this will actually work so that all of those people out there with the electric vehicles can actually start charging them. And since Matthew found this article and was, was interested enough to reach out to everyone, I'm going to let him kick off the first question. Let's see where this goes. So I guess a, a good introductory question would be, what is this technology and how does it charge your car while it's driving? Yeah. Uh, so hi, Larry and Matthew. First of all, thank you for having us. Um, it's great to be on the podcast. Wireless charging is based on transmitting energy from one coil to another. Uh, so basically, you have copper coils that we embed underneath the road surface. And then we have a copper coil that we have underneath your vehicle, one or several, depending on what vehicle type and how much power you need. And then as you are driving, the infrastructure would know who you are. And there's a handshake that allows you to transfer energy from the road and the grid to your vehicle seamlessly, wirelessly, while you drive or while you stand still. So that's the basic principle of how the technology works. That's that's absolutely fascinating. So, so how much, how much, I'm just, and this is just the, the, cause I have an electric car. Um, and so th- this is just the driver and me talking how, how much of a charge you're able to get off of, let's say like a mile of this road. If you take a step back and, and look at your, the, the existing model today, uh, you want to get as much power as possible at the single t- time when you're charging, right? If you're not charging at the home for slow charging right? Because you, you don't want to stop and charge so much. So that that leads to some bottlenecks. A, you need a very large battery, right? To complete your uh, route. So the car becomes quite expensive because of big batteries. And you're also then uh, faced with range anxiety or what you also can flip it around and call it charging anxiety, right? Because you don't always have a charger when you need it. And so the way we are doing it is a little bit different because if you now, instead of only relying on these nodes, like you do with your gas station, you know, fuel the, the car up with energy at one single point, you know, it takes time because batteries are just, the electrons take longer time to find their place in the battery. So you need to stay for 20, half an hour or an hour. You probably are, <laughs> you know, all the details about that with your EV. But if you now can charge the vehicle more seamlessly during your daily operations, meaning on the main corridors you're driving in the city, 
uh, at the grocery stop, at the curbside, you know, just more regularly, then you don't need to charge it as fast. So in that way, you can look at the electric road to provide you the energy you need to propel your vehicle, plus, you know, two to four times additional range towards that mile that you're driving on to reach your end destination. So it's not like a, a super fast charger. It's more like, you know, the range extension you need so that you might never need to plug in your vehicle. Let's say you don't have a charger at home, then this could solve for that issue. I don't know if that helps answering the the, the question. Yeah, I think it does. So, and th- this is something that most architects are familiar with. We're talking about infrastructure, but m- most architects are familiar with the idea of precedence. And that is, you know, you're, you're looking at other projects and finding other ideas and other sources of inspiration to, to, to help your own project and help develop that, your own ideas. Uh, what precedence did Electrion draw on to develop their idea of what wirelessly charging roads should look like? Well, it's, it's a great question. And ultimately, wireless and inductive charging is not new. Nikola Tesla developed a megawatt wireless transmission in 1892. So wireless and inductive charging has been around. It's not been around so much in this application. And so... The application might be new, but it's more rethinking of how you carry your energy with you in the vehicle. Do you bring all the energy with you or do you propel your vehicle while they are driving? And so there are other examples of this, what we call dynamic charging. It could be, uh, you know, uh, catenaries, which you use for trolley buses, could be rail, rail carts, other methodologies to charge vehicles while they drive. But for wireless, there is this application of dynamic charging is, is, is kind of innovative, I would say. And the reason why this is possible now is because now we have very much higher computing processing you know, uh, capabilities. So the software is much better to handle the charge that you need to make, you know, to, to, to have this work in pace. And so we're building on this knowledge on inductive charging and dynamic, you know, wireless charging and building on a lot of research, but ultimately making it in, you know, taking it from research, more making it the commercial product where it's easy to deploy, where it's easy to work with agency like MDOT, you know, getting this into regular roads, working with the OEMs and the vehicle manufacturers where you need to adapt your vehicle with the receiver working with the grid. So making the technical interfaces where we base on existing knowledge already of how to build roads and how to connect, let's say, charging to the grid. So I think that is where we really focus on and working as a partner within the ecosystem and making these interfaces seamless. And speaking of working with MDOT and working within the community, Michelle, what is it exactly that you do for MDOT and how did you guys actually get tied into this? Yeah, so thanks, Matthew, for the question and and thanks, Larry, for uh, having us on the podcast as well. Um, So the Michigan Department of Transportation, uh, you know, we have a a large ecosystem. So we have different facets to the the government sector. Um, We have an economic development side, you know, we have law enforcement, all of these different areas. We have a Department of Energy so as you know, we continue to look as a state towards um, all of these areas and how do we create ecosystems um, within Michigan 
to solve some of uh, the challenges, right? There's various types of challenges. Everybody says, well, why does MDOT, who does road and bridge construction, you know, care about the technology side? Fortunate part is I manage our connected automated electrification team. So I get to do all of this um, really exciting, innovative ways of providing solutions to challenges um, in all different facets. So as we look at this one, you know, focused around electrification is it's an opportunity to give our citizens of the state different ways of charging. So whether they're going, you know, to work, to home, to an event or an activity, uh, anything, um, they can maximize the ability to get a charge on their um, electric vehicle and have the comfort to solve the things that Stefan was talking about around range anxiety and you know, the anxiety of locations where they can charge, you know, those types of things and provide, you know, this, this larger ecosystem of a different type of charging where you can charge um, while in motion, you know, going down the road like we just installed on 14th Street and or um, on a inductive uh, static charging pad, too. So if you think of, you know, um, could be last mile delivery, could be a shuttle transit where they pull up and stop. And, it, and honestly, it could be a, a parking spot for your own vehicle um, at work, at home, or, you know, in a, a public setting. So as you look at these different ways of being able to provide those opportunities, it really allows people to create and stay within the environment and um, the choices they make today in utilizing and, and still accomplishing those same goals um, with an electric vehicle. Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I think we always think technology comes from a single, I don't say it comes from a single source, but that these ideas are really generated by, you know, you think about what Tesla's done with, you know, electric vehicles. So it's this company that's generating this and you don't hear about public private partnerships kind of thing going ha happening with that. So it's interesting to me that, that you have somebody like Electrion who's coming up with this technology and all of a sudden MDOT is, is now playing into this and seeing how that can impact what's going on around the state. How do you balance that? How do you balance the sort of, the, you know, the, I always think like public private roads, I always think I, I see in Dallas, just so much construction happening. There, I always joke there isn't a road in Dallas that isn't under repair. Uh, so how do you sort of balance integrating some of this technology into sort of what is a very public, public nature of a roadway? and balance the concern about public resources and private enterprise and such, you know, that, that these two things are merged together so much. And, and of course, a lot of people will, well, why are you spending my tax dollars on that? How do you, how do you sort of balance all of that? Or do you? Yeah, so um, it is a hot topic, right? Um, and it's a hot topic, not only in this space, uh, but really in every space that we work in. We are a government agency um, and we do owe, you know, the best service to our users of the system and our taxpayers to look at opportunities um, in different ways, right? So as we look to say, how do we support um, electric vehicles to provide the opportunities for our citizens to move around um, the state and our visitors to move around when they come here to Michigan to visit? And then how do we you know, really structure that um, to create those systems? You have to, sometimes you really have to, we constantly think outside the box. That's what my team is known for and coming up with ways where we could um, have these opportunities to do these pilots. Um, and, you know, this situation, we're partnering um, with Electrion and their team. And, you know, we've really come together to create 
a team. So, you know, it's really bringing the mind, um, the minds together to say, you know, how can we do this? What does that look like? Um, what are we measuring performance? What is our goals associated to this? Where are we trying to go long term? And how does that strategically align with Michigan, both from a, um, an infrastructure side, but then also from an economic development side? So, you know, these technologies bring jobs. Um, these technologies, you know, uh, support the um, economy here in Michigan, along with others. And, you know, as we look at these and we say, you know, how does this provide value back? Um, we think this is something that directly connects to our citizens and provides opportunities. And our job is to figure out, you know, in this case with this pilot is to understand, you know, what do we, what don't we know? Um, you know, what are the lessons learned that come out of this? How does that look to um, our business decisions moving forward associated to that? And how does this you know, leverage different opportunities within the state, um, whether it be, like I said, you know, jobs, um, workforce development, all of these things that are going to happen here in Michigan with this technology coming here. Um, it is a great location for a pilot like this um, because we do have four seasons, right? And I'm very happy to say we actually have run the system many times through the different uh, winter season we've had here already. Um, and we've had and seen no challenges associated to that. You know, as we work and continue this collaboration, you know, we have um, and we're looking at, you know, what is the definition of success? What's performance measures? What are lessons learned? Um, what are changes we need to make? You know, those types of things. And then really with an ultimate goal of in our world, creating um, what we call standards and specifications to the technology so that we can look to say, how do we take all of that and create um, the opportunity for um, additional locations and where do those fit based on different use cases um, to give that value back to our citizens? You know, is that transit? Is that passenger? Is that last mile delivery? Is that a combination of all? So we're really working um, collaboratively to explore those different um, and get answers to those questions and understand what does this, you know, really look um, and then, you know, I think the biggest part, you know, even to this project, the pilot that we've been working on, um, which is a huge piece that we can't forget about is involving our community. So, you know, for this project, we've been installing um, the first installation on 14th Street was in the community of many people. So we've done a lot of work to um, answer questions, educate, make them integrated to, you know, what's happening in their community, you know, and make them aware of it and allow that engagement and opportunity because, you know, we want them to learn with us. So, you know, as, as we go through all of these things and we work towards this, you know, and we get these standards and specifications, um, we get interoperability with that, which then allows us, you know, to go back to our, our standard procurement processes with competitively bidding out systems, um, you know, looking at uh, working with our auto manufacturers, our suppliers, those folks that are in all in our backyard, that we do work with in these uh, technology spaces every single day is, you know, how do you now make the car, um, you know, in that it can integrate um, and be interoperable with any, you know, coils or systems, you know, and all that. So that's always our goal as a government agency. Um, and that doesn't change the same thing here in Michigan. And we will continue that forward as well. Now, you mentioned installing it in the community and, and other things like that. So are there plans to expand this further into Detroit in the future? And, and how scalable is that? So we're under design right now. Um, we did a quarter of a mile on uh, 14th Street that I have been uh, talking about. 
And we are underway um, with a design to do the other three quarters of a mile um, that's part of the original uh, pilot project on Michigan Avenue. So we will have a section um, on Michigan Avenue that will have this technology that will focus um, not strictly, but a lot on the use case of transit and um, some of our other use cases of last mile delivery, shuttles, those types of things as well. So, you know, again, this is a pilot, right? We're learning what we're learning. Um, we're learning all the different pieces and things so that we can then look to say, okay, this is what this looks like moving forward. Here are, you know, areas of use, you know, for use cases where we could do these installations and get the value back for um, users of our system in all different modes of transportation. I, I can add to that. I can add to that on some of the experiences also from other countries where Electron is active, that the intention from, you know, Electron is to work because it's public infrastructure and because we are rethinking how infrastructure should be designed, how vehicles are going to be charged. We're kind of, we need to do it together in, in collaboration. So as we are doing these pilots, we're setting the future, the standards of the future on how EV charging, how roads are, are being built. And you can only do that by working together in an innovative mindset instead of, because then eventually it will be standardized and you can procure it like, you know, regular roads today. But in the beginning, we need to, as Michelle said, understand what we don't know and kind of solve those challenges or opportunities, if, depending on how you look at it, and then create the future infrastructure, which will be more sustainable, helping you know citizens, uh, commercial fleet operators to go to electric in a more cost-effective, more sustainable way, where we utilize resources where we in a better way, uh, where we have grid connection that where we can have a more evenly pressure or, or load on the grid. Uh, and seeing from other projects in Sweden, in Israel, in Germany, in Italy, and other places, pilots like this serve to bring those stakeholders together, bring those use cases, as Michelle said, together, and then also laying that future, let's say, roadmap towards scale projects where we really have an impact then on emissions. And that's what we're seeing in Sweden, for example, where we where now the government there, they both have a vision and a roadmap like Germany had to create thousands of miles of electric road. Uh, and then let's say next steps for permanent commercial projects, which the first one in Sweden is 22 miles. So by doing those first projects, then you know, okay, how is this going to work? with users, with the OEM, vehicle manufacturers, with the legislation and stuff like that. So it's really stepping stones, I would say. And it can only be done if you work together in creating this, you know, over public, private, you know, boundaries. Well, so so question from, from me, just to, just talking about technology in general. You know, Matthew talked about scale, scalability. And, and of course, this is, you know, goes more to how, how far out can we get it? How spread out can we get it? When you guys started working on this, originally um when electron started working on this originally how how much has the technology scale changed i mean you know i always think about the first cell phone and it was like a brick and i think of that with a lot of technology you know how much how how much it has changed over time and how much more efficient it's become so did, when you guys first came up with this idea was it were you just sitting there staring at it going well we can never put that in the street and now here you are talking about 22 miles a road yeah, I, th I think scalability is in the DNA of the company to make it commercial, like not to be stuck in research and stuff like that. 
And the way, the only way I see that you can do it is through partnership. So we work together with engineering companies. We have in the project, we have Jacobs as our sub, and it's one of the largest engineering companies. We also have Acom and WSP involved and GIFO website and other engineering companies. We work with construction companies. Uh, we work with, you know, big OEMs. So by working with these different sectors and industry and the public side, obviously like MDOT controlling roads and operating roads, or if it's DTE controlling, you know, the grid, the city who's controlling permitting aspects and other stuff, by working together, we can understand like what where is an where is there friction between the technology and the solution and like the regular processes of doing regular roads or you know uh, vehicle operations, right? And by do, working together, then we can solve those issues. If it's in a, in a standard, or if it's in a, a you know process, or um, or a product, a service, then you can reach that scalability. So technology evolves, evolves always, and then you can put like, okay, now we're targeting this of a commercial use case. What should the metrics be for us to succeed, providing you know good value, and then you bring that in. And develop, let's say, new technology, new process. But scalability is the crucial aspect of you know going to really commercial scale. But also, if you flip it around to make really, you know, reduce emissions in an impactful way. Uh, so pilots is one way you reach that. But also another way of reaching it is by working with. In, in our case, we're targeting fleet operators, the, like as a first stage, because they are they have predictable routes. We know where they drive. And they have challenges going to electric because of the uh, range limitations or the cost of the vehicle and the big batteries. So we can work with those even to start deploying static charging at their depot or let's say public on-route charging, which is also part of our project with uh, with MDOT. And then they can get wireless charging in, in their daily operators operations and we get vehicles to these clients. And then you create like a user base that then will be it's like otherwise the chicken and egg. Well, who do you start with, users or infrastructure? But if we start with the users in there where they already are deploying charging anyhow, and now they can use it wirelessly, which is much better, then you create a basis also for these scale projects that will be commercial and will rely on utilizations and that people actually use those roads. So it's like a roadmap, short-term and long-term and partnerships. Well, I was talking with an architect here. We were driving down from Dallas to Austin for a um, one-day thing, and, and she was with one of the big firms here, and they were working on charging stations for electric semis, so basically these new trucks with all these batteries and all of these things that they were thinking of and, and trying to plan for, including having a, a nice enough facility that these guys who were going to have to wait for hours for their vehicles to charge and uh, <laughs> someplace comfortable to hang out in. But one of the things that struck me that was interesting was they were talking about the amount of power that they were going to need to generate and operate these stations that they had, a, I think their their initial plan was a facility in Arizona because they could create enough, a big enough solar field to generate the power that was going to be required, because I think she said something like that it would use as much power as the Empire State Building uses on a daily basis. I mean, that kind of just yes. giant 
giant power suck. So I guess from, from that perspective, and I, I guess maybe this question is really more for Michelle, how do you account for the extra pull on the electric grid? And and, and I, we speak from being here in, in Dallas when we had the big freeze and the entire state power grid almost went down. Uh, how do you, do you see it being a much bigger pull on existing systems? Or is this something that because it's not, you're not constantly, you know, you're not plugging in and sitting there for hours necessarily, that it's it's a much more efficient and, and lesser draw on the system like all at once. Does that make sense? Yeah, so um, I think the, you know, the good part about this is, as uh, Stefan had mentioned, um, you know, in our, our partners, um, one of those is DTE, which is our power company um, here in this area. And they're very active in this space, um, both within this project, but then also within the larger conversation um, around electrification. Because as a state, you know, I think we have to keep in mind, right, we're not just looking at um, inductive charging, we're looking at plug-in charging. Um, we're looking at what that charging is for, uh, you know, different needs, right? Um, is it, you know, in a public space? Um, is it in a home environment? You know, are people want them at work? You know, all of these different places and, you know, trying to estimate how much the, the charge is essentially at, at any given snapshot of time. So one of the things you know that we've you know continued to talk about is how do you um, and we don't have the answers yet right but um, working with the power companies we're all trying to you know say how do we level off the peaks um, because it's it's one thing to plan um, and you know plan forward for you know a grid that associated to a certain level right that you are going to draw as as you were saying you know in your conversation um, but then you can have those spikes you know, where maybe everybody goes home and every single person that has an electric vehicle, which assumes saturation at that point, every household is wanting to charge. So how do you get to a point where you provide enough opportunities throughout the course of the day where um, maybe that draw uh, isn't so drastic, right? So you don't hit those very large peaks that you have to plan for to be able to service. And those are the opportunities as we're talking about here where you can charge um, in motion, right? When you're um, on your commute, you're extending your trip, um, you can maybe charge in different environments throughout the day at a grocery store, uh, maybe at a mall, um, you know, those types of things where, you know, you can, you know, get your charge throughout the day so you don't have as big of a draw um, in the evening in a, a peak situation. So, you know, those are things that we're working on strategically to identify and again, these are, you know, when you start talking the grid, you're in, you're in the power company space and, you know, they may be another good resource, you know, to reach out to, to get some, you know, more detailed information of their efforts. Um, but I can tell you from a state perspective, you know, we have our power companies um, at the table as part of the conversation, because as you heard here, and as we're seeing with our project and our plug-in charging efforts is that they're a, a key piece to that, right? We have to get the power from somewhere and how do we work to regulate that? Um, how do we work to, you know, have conversation over um, pricing, right? We don't want to see, you know, price gouging, those types of things either, um, you know, as we go through this. So those are all, you know, efforts that we have underway in conversations as we look into the technology, just as we do with any new technology and any new efforts. Um, and in fairness, the same efforts we continue to have even over technology that's existed for a while. You know, we still monitor these things and we're looking for, um, opportunities to improve level of service, um, it, you know, expand technology, grow with the technology, those types of things as we've been talking about here, 
you know, and um, we can we just normal practice for us um, as an agency. So I hear a lot of talk about all the different partnerships. We're talking about MDOT part or bringing in the electrical grid or the the electrical operators. We've got Electrion as part of this group. You've got MDOT as part of the group. These types of public and private partnerships are, are, are becoming increasingly more common. And in some cases, especially if you think on a national level, like NASA and SpaceX have been incredibly successful because with NASA and SpaceX, they were at, at, the goal with that partnership was to decrease the cost of getting astronauts and technology into space and I think the the latest figures have that at they've the the prices dropped like tenfold and so it, it's been an amazing success story in that regard and so so as global warming continues to accelerate we need more ideas like this to be put into practical use Michelle and Dr. Tonger do you guys have any advice on how to bring these types of ideas to the public and, and get everyone's buy-in both from a, a governmental level from a just all the way down to get everyone to like get on board with that yeah so maybe i'll start and then uh, stefan can chime in as well um you know from their perspective but you know i i think it's um i hate to say somewhat simplistic um matthew but i think in our world i'm um, here in michigan it really is you know, so, you know, it's really, you know, I think the capture of it is creating um, the vision, right, creating and understanding, um, you know, challenges associated to whether it be infrastructure or other aspects, and saying, you know, what can we, what are things we can do um, to get improvement to those? Um, may not be 100% improvement, maybe 50%. But really look to, you know, explore those opportunities, not be afraid to, um, you know, go out on a limb, right? Go out on the edge of innovation to explore the possibilities and understand the, the challenges to those, understand and how you, how you mitigate, um, you know, some of those challenges. But, you know, I, I will say, you know, one of the most exciting parts about my job and has been for many years is, um, you know, Michigan is an innovative state. We're very open to opportunities. We're very open to um, new solutions. And, you know, we work collaboratively with um, our partners in all different spaces. So I think you see that in this project. Um, the project continues as a, it's a group partnership. Yes, MDOT is leading it. Um, you know, yes, I am the, the project manager, but I'm, I'm there, right? I'm there, I'm integrated, I'm involved in what's happening and involving others that have any sort of association impact um, or are impacted, you know, by this. Um, and, you know, one example is what we're talking about today is that example of, you know, this project where we created that environment, we created the, the innovative opportunity, it's out of the box thinking. It's not one person that's saying it has to be this way or it has to be that way. It's a group of individuals getting together to say, geez, this is our challenge. How do we do that? This is what we want to do. This is our vision. Um, and really keeping alignment, you know, in, in strategic um, avenues forward associated to that. So it takes a lot of work, Matthew, to be honest. Um, and I tell people that all the time. It, at the end, it looks easy. Um, but I think Stefan and I would both tell you that it's taken a lot of work um, to get to, you know, where we're at for this first quarter mile installation. 
and a lot of coordination with our partners, a lot of creating the environment where people can have a say, people can, you know, voice their thoughts and their opinions, and people can be part of those solutions. Um, and that extends, uh, we're very adamant that that extends out to our communities. So, you know, in, in these types of projects and others, um, some of it's education, right? Some people don't know what this is. They don't do it every day like we do. So how do we educate people in a way that they can understand and that, you know, can bring, it's not flying cars, right? It's not, you know, these types of things, but how do we bring that in? And then how do we have benefits uh, maybe for technology that we're piloting that's a little further off for a, maybe a, a deployment or expansion type scenarios, but how do we give benefits to people today? And maybe some of those are learning, right? Maybe some of those are education and really tying those uh, values in those opportunities to their daily lives because they matter. They're citizens here. Um, you know, they're part of our infrastructure and they're part of our ecosystem and team. So, you know, we take that to heart. And I think those are key messages for people um, in these spaces, whether it's innovation or what you do every day is, you know, realize that, you know, there, there's no one champion, you know, this, this, as I said, I, I'm a project manager, but this isn't my, you know, sole success. This is the team's success. And that's how we got where we are. Um, we work with our local agencies, you know, and all of these different pieces that people can easily forget um, that have a, that are impacted by it and, or, you know, have an impact with hopes that they're learning and our local agencies can take that information and lessons learned to do implementations in their infrastructure assets and things. We did that with connected vehicles, done that with automated, and now we continue that with electrification. And it's proved to be valuable. And it's also proved to bring a lot of um, attraction to companies, you know, such as Electrion, right, here to Michigan. You know, there's they picked Michigan, you know, and they decided that this was the place, you know, to do this. And and I won't speak for them. They can, you know, Electrion can speak for themselves, you know, in that regard. But, you know, we see that time and time again, uh, you know, through our partners and our industry partners, both within Michigan and those even outside of Michigan. They're coming to Michigan to do this work and they're coming to Michigan because um, we have the ability to make things happen. And if, if I may add to that, I, I would totally agree with what just outlined, Michelle, about why here and, you know, getting things done. I think it's a good, and there's grit in this town and in this state, but I would look at, I would look at what are we trying to solve? And I think there's a lot of funding. There's a lot of things happening now on EV infrastructure and charging infrastructure and deploying roads and vehicles. And people are still a little bit hesitant because of cost, because of range, uh, you know, commercial fleets are because they don't afford to upgrade the a huge facility with hundreds of vehicles uh, with the massive grid connection. And so I think now is the time to ask yourself, like, are we actually investing in infrastructure that will future proof? Are there other innovative solutions that could be uh, play its role when we go make this transition? And the best way of from Electron's point of view is not just talk about it like we're doing here is actually to do it and actually to show it. And that's, I think, the best way to to make this happen is invite people, make sure that they can see here the communities, as Michelle said, other states, other different industry come. You can ride the shuttle, you can see that it works, and then you can see how can this fit with you know a larger uh, ecosystem, with a larger network. And I think that is the key, showing, uh, telling, and then you know bring the right partners on to make it happen in uh, in a, in a meaningful, impactful way. Yeah, and and we're recording this 
podcast episode a, a day before Valentine's Day. Um, but we were talking about in, in talking about public and partner, excuse me, in talking about public and private relationships. We so I, I do have to ask be, j- just on the the topic of relationships and and being so close to Valentine's Day. How did Michigan and Electrion get introduced? What what was that connection? How did y'all meet? Like, <laughs> yeah. So um, so maybe just a uh, maybe not super exciting story. You know, as people are hoping for Valentine's Day for themselves. Um, you know, we had a, a vision, Governor Whitmer announced um, a vision for Michigan uh, regarding um, providing, you know, the inductive charging. And um, we transferred that into uh, a request for proposal, um, which basically is a document that puts out content associated to what we're looking for, um, you know, for uh, services. And so what we did is um, we put uh, $1.9 million from the state of Michigan into an opportunity um, and allowed for uh, open people to submit in an open environment um, proposals back um, in meaning open environment that it was open to anyone who wanted to submit that could fulfill you know, the, um, the obligations of what we were looking for. So we did receive multiple proposals. Um, you know, this is followed our standard process as a as a state, and um, we went through a selection process with a team of uh, diverse individuals, and we selected um, Electrion and their team to um, go under contract uh, for this work. So, again, maybe not super exciting or uh, whatnot that you were you know looking for, but um, that's how you know we had met, and then. You know, obviously, a lot has transpired um, since then. You know, through the the activities of you know once they were under contract, getting kicked off, and and really setting you know the stage, the goals, the environment, you know, and the foundation associated with um, building the project. And that collaboration has continued. I think that's more exciting, honestly. Um, you know, than uh, how we initially you know met was the ability for our entities and to create a, a partnership that really, you know, is um, something to talk about, you know, and it's something to say, you know, how do you bring these entities together to create a, a successful environment for something that's never been done on a public road before. So, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, a lot of, a lot of challenges come with those types of activities, um, which you should expect. So when you enter that space, uh, that's what it is. And, and we collaborated and we solved a lot of challenges. Um, and we mitigated those to reach a successful project, and, and we're continuing to do that for installation on Michigan Avenue. I have a little bit of more romantic nuance to this. <laughs> um, I, I was sitting in Sweden, and I was, um, uh, you know, approached by people from Michigan. You know, hey, you should consider Detroit as the first city, and I didn't really saw that, to be honest, at the first thing. But then I did see uh, announcement on a future connected automated corridor, uh, like the future where you have autonomous road project with Cavney, which is a 40 mile project that was announced. And I was like, oh, wow, they're rethinking uh, infrastructure. And then the big thing was, uh, so I started discussing more with getting interested about the state and its plans to become, to take the lead again on automotive industry uh, and innovative technology to Detroit. And I think then when I saw the governor's announcement, that was, to me, pure love, 
because it's leadership. It's leadership, it's vision, and it's an attempt to actually do stuff. And for me, that made me believe and convince my company here we should invest because we'll find partners that actually care about doing stuff, showing you know innovative solution, getting over hurdles, uh, and thinking in a wider also vision where you know in the future if we think about autonomous and and electric roads and wireless charging and it makes perfect sense. So for me that love and that vision of creating the future of um, you know mobility is what you know caught my interest and, and made us invest here and i'm i'm very happy we did and i think the success that we just accomplished speaks for that you know that that love was true <laughs> and responded back <laughs> well well clearly it's working because um we can actually have you on the same call at the same time in the same interview and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and no one's no one's uh um Oh, uh, no one's getting cross with each other, which is which is really great. And I know it's it can be challenging when you're doing doing huge teams like that. Well, I, you know, we we want definitely want to thank both of you guys for for being on the podcast and answering some questions for us. Like you said, it's really interesting to see this technology, and and we come across this every once in a while. Um, we did find something where they were actually integrating. Uh, I think it was directly into the concrete that was being poured. Um, some kind of. Um, I say transmitter, but but a way to power to like basically building it into the concrete itself, and and they they had developed a very 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 tiny scale at this point, but it, it seemed interesting. So it's nice to be able to talk talk with people who have done this and who've who are are making these advancements. And Michelle, if if people wanted to see this, if people wanted to get the information on this, people that are listening, is there a M dot site that they can go to to kind of check things out or? Or Stefan, is there something on the Electron site that they can go and, and look at and see what's going on? Yeah, so on our uh, michigan.gov backslash mdot page, um, you can find uh, project information there. Um, of course, I'm always happy to extend the invitation um, for anybody to reach out to me directly. Uh, regarding that, um, I can, I'm happy to share, or if you want, um, Larry, you can share my uh, email information. And, you know, again, you know, we, this is part of our everyday, um, you know, process and we are, you know, part of our job is to share lessons learned, share the technology um, and share, you know, the story of how we got there, you know, and how we continue that. So hopefully people can take that model um, and be, you know, innovative and, you know, do things in their own area or um, locations as well. So always happy to share. Um, we're excited to, to bring the new technology here. Um, and super excited, you know, to say that we have done um, the first deployment on public roads in the United States. Okay, well, so you guys know from listening that if you need to reach me, you can always reach me, Larry, at spotadogarchitecture.com or at spotadogarch on Instagram and Twitter. So if you need Michelle's email, <laughs> let me know. Or also, if, if you guys decide that there's some technology out there, or find some technology that you think would be interesting to discuss, by all means, let us know. And you can find the podcast at architecturegeeks.com and on Instagram at archgeekspodcasts. You can find me at Matthew at addingarchitecture.com and adding architect and adding arch on instagram so i think that's where we're gonna wrap it up for the day again thank you for listening and thank you very much to stefan and michelle for coming talk to us yes thank you very much for the opportunity thank you